Hello, and welcome to episode 40 of the TSET Better Health Podcast. This is your host, James Tyree, Senior Health Communication Consultant at TSET. And I'm Dylan Jasna, a TSET Health Communication Manager. TSET is dedicated to helping Oklahomans live longer and healthier lives by funding initiatives to lower rates of cancer and cardiovascular disease. Increasing access to nutritional food, physical activity, and medical care are a big part of it, but reducing and preventing tobacco use in our state has always been a cornerstone of what we do. Thankfully, TSET isn't alone in this effort. And along those lines, we will hear today about a newly released five-year plan for Oklahoma to reduce tobacco use and about court-ordered corrective statements that will be placed in plain sight at stores about the harms of tobacco use. Both of these developments can really lower the rate of Oklahomans succumbing to the leading cause of preventable death in the nation. Let's hear first from someone at the Oklahoma State Department of Health who can tell us more about the state plan. My name is Elizabeth Sherry Mullen, and my job title is Tobacco Use Prevention and Control Manager. Thank you for joining the podcast. So what is this state plan to reduce tobacco use? So the Oklahoma State Tobacco Plan shows the collaborative efforts that partners in tobacco control will take to ensure all Oklahomans live in a tobacco-free state. The plans provide strategic alignment for implementing a comprehensive tobacco control program that focuses on evidence-based tobacco prevention, um, tobacco control, and um, cessation strategies. Stakeholders include partners from the public and private sectors. Who are some of these partners? The Oklahoma Tobacco Alliance, which is a statewide um, alliance aimed at reducing tobacco use in Oklahoma, assisted us with setting up the benchmark for the three areas of focus that I mentioned earlier. The alliance has many local, state, and national partners in attendance, um, such as American Cancer Society, American Heart Association, American Lung Association, um, TSET, American Non-Smokers White, Guiding Right Incorporation, the Oklahoma Hospital Association, um, ODMH, or Mental Health Department, OSDH, just to name a few. And these partners have been crucial in helping us set up those benchmarks in the state plan. So ultimately, Elizabeth, what do OSDH and its partners hope to accomplish with this plan? The end goal of the state plan is to decrease the tobacco burden and disparities in Oklahoma, which will lead to a decrease in chronic disease morbidity and mortality, and of course, reduce of our healthcare costs. This plan includes evidence-based and population-based approaches to implement a comprehensive tobacco control program. The plan should serve as a roadmap to prevent youth from using tobacco product. It should protect Oklahomans from secondhand smoke and e-cigarette aerosol, and of course, increase cessation in our state. The state plan also highlights critical activities that will guide the state tobacco prevention and control work and build on the evaluation of the target outcome of the previous five-year state plan. This state plan aims to guide our work in tobacco control prevention and cessation. Just about everyone knows tobacco use is detrimental, but how much does it really cost us Oklahomans? 
So tobacco use costs us a lot of money in Oklahoma. Um, annually, Oklahoma spends $1.62 billion in total medical costs. Um, those costs are associated directly with um, tobacco use. Um, $264 million of that cost is paid by Medicaid. We also lose $2.1 billion in loss of productivity from premature death. Tobacco also costs every Oklahoman household about a little bit over $1,000 yearly, whether or not they use tobacco product or not. So not only is tobacco costing us our health and um, our life, it's also causing um, us financial issues as well. And let us never lose focus of the about 7,500 Oklahomans who lose their lives each year. In addition to those who succumb to secondhand smoke and other forms of tobacco use. So your work at OSDH is very important. Can you tell us more about your program and what you try to accomplish? The Oklahoma Tobacco Control Program is housed at the State Department of Health and the National and State Tobacco Control Program, a program of the CDC, funds us. Our program focuses on a comprehensive approach to helping prevent young people from ever starting to use tobacco products, protecting Oklahomans from secondhand smoke and e-cigarette aerosol, and increasing cessation while working to close the gap in disparities related to tobacco use. On a side note, Oklahoma is one of the few states without a comprehensive clean and door air law that protects people from being exposed to secondhand smoke and e-cigarette aerosol. Also, the state of Oklahoma is super preempted, which means that a local jurisdiction cannot pass a policy that is stronger than state law regarding clean and door air, restricting flavored tobacco product, and zoning which would help reduce youth access to tobacco products. So going back, our program focused on four strategies. We focus on state and community intervention, mass reach health communication intervention, and then of course, tobacco use dependence treatment intervention and surveillance and evaluation. Health communication, you are speaking our language. Fortunately for us in Oklahoma, TSEP takes care of almost all of our mass reach health communication intervention needs, so that is something that we do not have to worry about. In terms of the staffing, we um, are um, a staff of about six people. So there is myself, I am the manager, and my role is to oversee the implementation of the state plan in the day to day activity of our program. And then we have um, one coordinator that leads cessation efforts. We have a coordinator that leads youth um, prevention. We have another coordinator that leads the protection efforts. And then we have two consultants that works on the day-to-day -day activities to help um, facilitate implementation of um, our strategies and activities for um, our program. In our program, um, as I stated earlier, we are housed at the state health department within the chronic disease um, department. And a lot of our work is aimed at reducing chronic disease associated with tobacco use. And that includes looking at um, health, the health disparities that are caused by tobacco use. 
Are there any parts of the state tobacco reduction plan that are already bearing fruit? Great question. There has been a decline in adult cigarette smoking from 19.1% in 2020 to 16.9% in 2021, which reflects the efforts of partners such as TSET, OSDH, um, ODMH, and many others to decrease the smoking rate um, of tobacco. And this is a really huge deal considering where we were five years ago in terms of um, tobacco use. We also um, have a website called Validate that trains clerk about um, ways to read um, ID card and not sell tobacco product to underage buyers, meaning people under 21. So that effort is directly aim at youth prevention. So there are a lot of different things that are happening right now in Oklahoma that are helping to decrease um, tobacco use. For example, um, one of the programs that um, TSET is doing with youth, they are helping with um, um, retail education visit where they are going in a, um, at a retailer and helping educate them about the right thing to do um, by not selling tobacco product to an underage buyer. And by doing that, it's helping curb um, our youth um, initiation rate of um, tobacco, of a tobacco um, product. And what else is happening that is lowering tobacco and vape use in our state? Other things that are happening right now as well are those lovely voluntary tobacco-free policies that different communities can pass. As a state, as I mentioned earlier, we are preempted. And one of the ways that we can be better at protecting people from secondhand smoke and being exposed to um, um, e-cigs aerosol is by passing voluntary tobacco-free policies um, that are comprehensive in nature, that are gold standard. And then a lot of jurisdiction um, are also um, passing um, tobacco-free policies. And those policies um, cannot be stronger than state law because we're talking about um, jurisdiction, but they were passing those to protect their um, people. And another thing that um, I know that's being done is multi-unit um, housing policies. So a lot of multi-unit housing are um, taking a stand to make sure that their residents are um, healthier. And the way that they do that is by having um, a, a tobacco-free policy or a smoke-free policy. Uh, mostly, most of the time, it will be a smoke-free policy to be able to protect their um, um, residents from being exposed to um, secondhand smoke. So a lot of things are being done right now. Conversely, in what areas do we still have much work to do? So I talked about preemption earlier. To me. Any policy to repeal preemption, to allow localities the ability to decide about their tobacco-related policy needs could prove useful to improve um, health outcomes in Oklahoma. Having policies at the state level that allows local jurisdiction to pass flavor ban on tobacco products could help decrease youth initiation of uh, um, a tobacco product. 
bear in mind that flavorful products are often ways that get youth to use um, a tobacco product because the taste is master harsh of tobacco products so it makes it easier for a youth to start using um, a tobacco product also having the abilities to have things like zoning ordinance that restrict the location of a tobacco retailer at least a thousand feet from a school or a playground could prove helpful as well because it would um create the opportunity for a retailer to not be too close to places where kids congregate um, and making it easier for kids to have access. So those things could limit kids' access. And I say kids, I'm talking about people under 21. It would limit their access to um, a tobacco product. So what can regular folks do to help someone quit tobacco or to protect their community. You do not have to be a tobacco state manager. You don't have to be a doctor. You don't have to be a nurse to do something about tobacco. You don't have to be a teacher. The best thing that you can do, for example, if you see someone that's struggling with tobacco use and you know and they're ready, you feel like they're ready to quit, connect them to the helpline. There are different things that you can do. Be more involved in your community or your jurisdiction policies. So if your jurisdiction doesn't have a tobacco-free policy, be part of the community trying to figure out what needs to be done so you can protect your community. There are so many things that you can do. If you are a school principal, you there is a good chance that you have youth in your school that are vaping and so the one thing that you can do connect you can you can be that connector between them and the my life my quit program which is a program aimed to help reduce um um increase i should say to help increase cessation for youth there's just so many things that you can do you just have to be willing and you have to have an open mind and an open eyes to see what's happening in your community. It's worth noting to our listeners just where you can find and read the State Tobacco Use Reduction Plan. The easiest way is to go to your favorite search engine and type Oklahoma State Tobacco Plan. The first link should say State Tobacco Plan on Oklahoma.gov. Click it and it will take you to an Oklahoma State Department of Health page with links to the plans and click the most recent plan link, which will say 2022 State Tobacco Plan. And there you have it. The plan is the result of a lot of work and collaboration within our state, whereas the corrective statements that will soon appear in stores throughout the U.S., including here in Oklahoma, are a nationwide effort. Chase Harvick, a TSET Health Communication Manager overseeing our tobacco-related messaging, recently talked with James about those corrective statements. Chase explains what they are, how they came about, and when we can expect to see them in stores. Let's take a listen. Well, thank you for joining us today. I appreciate it. So, um, of course, tobacco corrective statements are coming to Oklahoma and really to all states. But what exactly are they? And where and when will we see them? That's a great question, James. And as you know, this goes way, way back, all the way back to 2006, when U.S. District Court Judge Gladys Kessler 
found tobacco companies were guilty of breaking civil racketeering laws, and they engaged in ongoing fraud and lied to the public about the dangers of smoking and tobacco in general. So, you know, they uh, have been a part of that agreement. That decision was they have to post corrective statements on their websites, in newspapers, on television, and in retail environments. Now, I know you're thinking 2006, that's a lifetime ago. They have fought tooth and nail against every aspect of these requirements in courts. And, you know, now we are just getting to the last prong of those corrective statements. That's the point of sale. Uh, You might have seen some newspaper and TV ads that had corrective statements in 2017. Uh, the cigarette packs, they, they added the corrective statements on the packs in 2018. Um, so, and also the websites in 2018. But right now we are in what's called the ramp up period of the point of sale corrective statements. When tobacco companies are modifying their contracts with tobacco retailers to include requirements about these corrective statements. Now, starting July 1st, they are going to start begin installing the uh initial round of signage that now, have the statements. Now, let me ask you this. Yes. What is a corrective statement? Like, what are people actually going to see? Absolutely. Corrective statements and examples include smoking kills on average 1,200 Americans a day. Another one says that cigarette companies intentionally design cigarettes with enough nicotine to create and sustain addiction. Uh, another says when you smoke, the nicotine actually changes the brain. That's why quitting is so hard. There are several others that you'll see, but those are just a few examples. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to correct the misinformation the tobacco companies distributed for generations. Where and when will we see these? Absolutely. You're going to start seeing a few pop up around after July 1st, and that's the posting period. So you'll see the initial rounds of signage installed then, but then the implementation period for the point of sale corrective signage is October 1st mm-hmm. through June 30th of 2025. You mentioned point of sale. So does this mean that they will be in like grocery stores or convenience stores or things, places like that? Most retailers that have contracts with uh, tobacco distributors will be impacted by this. And nearly 200,000 Tobacco retailers across the country must display these signs with corrective statements. This is such a long-awaited result of this unprecedented landmark ruling from uh, from the Department of Justice. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the tobacco industry's uh, sneaky marketing practices, and I wanted to ask you just who do they target, and do you have a couple of of examples? We know that smoking kills 7,500 Oklahoma adults each year, and we know that one in five Oklahoma kids is exposed to secondhand smoke at home. 19,000 kids under 18 try cigarettes for the first time each year in Oklahoma, and that's from the Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids. It costs $1.9 billion in annual health care costs for our state. That's just our state alone. And we know that a majority of Oklahomans support these stronger policies and believe that state lawmakers should maintain a healthy distance from lobbyists. You you mentioned kids who are starting, you know, each year, like 19,000, you said. So are are kids, young ones, uh, some of the ones that they're targeting in terms of their marketing? Absolutely. You see it at the events that they sponsor. Uh, In Oklahoma, they do a lot of rodeo events, marketing smoke lists to males. Uh, It's, it's hard to, it's inescapable. But the good news is, by implementing effective control and prevention policies, we can save the next generation of Oklahomans from these like same patterns, from the deception, from the death, 
from the illness, it is possible. And, and it's, you look at the numbers and it is working. It seems like it is working. So what can people do in response to the corrective statements? They go to the store, they go to the retailer, they, they see what tobacco can really do. So when people see this uh, or, or any of our ads or, or any information, um, what can people do in response to, to this? Get involved. If you're ready to make a positive change in your community, please take a stand. Help clear the air for future generations. Become a social influencer on your your social media platform of choice. Post about the necessary policy changes and encourage your friends and family to join the fight. Ask for change. Contact your elected officials, your local TSEC grantee or prominent local leaders and discuss health improvement opportunities in your community. And finally, Stay up to date with us. We, we have a monthly e-newsletter from Tobacco Stops With Me. You can sign up online at stopswithme.com. But James, the most important thing I want people to know that they can take away from our discussion today is that we, when we work together, we can inspire change across Oklahoma. I think corrective statements is a, another step in the long, long, long progress toward tobacco-free Oklahoma. I've got to say, Dylan, you brands managers here at T-Set really know your stuff. <laughs> Thanks, James. But so do a lot of people who work hard every day to improve the health of Oklahomans and the environments in which we live, work, and play. This includes people like Elizabeth Cherry Mullen and her colleagues at the Oklahoma State Department of Health and the local champions, Chase mentioned, who inspire change toward a more tobacco-free Oklahoma. I want to repeat Chase's invitation to visit the Tobacco Stops With Me website at stopswithme.com to learn more about the extent of tobacco's influence and toll on Oklahomans and how we together can slow it down or even stop it in our communities and state. And if you or anyone you know is thinking of quitting tobacco, check out okhelpline.com to get the free assistance to make it happen. You know, James, it's amazing how much money one can save and how much better people feel after quitting tobacco or vaping. Or better yet, never starting in the first place. So true. We want to thank our guests for this episode of the T-Set Better Health Podcast, Elizabeth Cherry Mullen and Chase Harvick. And we always appreciate you, our listeners. You can find any episode by visiting oklahoma.gov slash T-Set slash podcast or on your favorite podcast platform. So until next time, this is Dylan Jasner and James Tyree wishing you peace and better health.